Last month when I had the opportunity to preach a gospel meeting up in Ohio, I found out it was cheaper to fly up there than to drive up there, and so I got a discounted airline ticket and flew up to Akron, Ohio. I was thinking, though, as we were getting on the plane and ready to take off, about that pilot. Who is that guy? How good of a pilot is he anyway? Did he excel in his, in his flight training or was he at the bottom of the class, just barely squeaked through? Uh, did he have a good safety record flying planes or has he had several mishaps? You know, I don't know anything about this guy. But I literally, and all of us on the plane, were literally putting our life in his hands. We were placing our confidence in this guy, and we didn't even know who he was. Oh, I don't know about that. But you know, thinking about that, it's not just when you're flying on an airplane. You know, when you get in your car, you place a lot of confidence in people that you don't know. For instance, the people who made the car, did they make it right? Or is something going to break on it and it just veers out of control? Oh, I, I don't know. Probably it's pretty good. I think there's a lot of safeguards in place, but could it happen? I suppose. I tell you who you're really putting confidence in. You're going down the highway and that guy coming the other direction. I mean, you're going to pass within a few feet of a guy flying in the opposite direction you are. Jack and Cindy learned about that a couple years ago. I don't know who that guy is coming at me, and yet I'm putting my confidence in the fact that he's going to drive right that he's going to obey the traffic rules as I'm trying to, and we're going to be safe. But I'm putting my confidence in somebody there that I don't know. My point is that it's necessary in life to put confidence in certain things. We try to make good decisions. We try to put our confidence in the right sort of things, but we have to do that. And if we make good decisions, and, and if everything works out well, then we have success, we have safety, we make progress. But on the other hand, if I make bad decisions, if I put my confidence in things I shouldn't put my confidence in, then there's trouble, there's harm, maybe even death might result if I put my confidence in something that I shouldn't have put my confidence in. Today, we want to talk about that subject of confidence. Uh, but we want to talk about it, as you very well might imagine, we want to talk about put, uh, our confidence, where we should put our confidence in the most important realm of all, in matters of spirituality and eternity, where should we and in whom should we place our confidence and our trust? I want to think about that for a few minutes. We want to talk about proper confidence. What is the right basis and the proper place to, to put our confidence? Before we get into that, we stop here to thank you for being present. Uh, we're glad for everyone who's here. We have a beautiful Lord's Day and a great opportunity to be together. Uh, we have visitors, a lot of family visitors are, are present today, and we're glad for you. Uh, we thank everyone for coming. We hope when we end our service today, everyone will honestly be able to say it was good to be there, uh, that, that we received a blessing by the time that we spent together. But more important than that is that God will be pleased, that he will be honored and glorified uh, by the worship that we offer him this morning. We pray, certainly, that that will be the case. We thank you all for being here. If you have any questions, please ask them, and we'll do our best to give a Bible answer to the questions that you might have. What about confidence? Where should we place our confidence? I want to start out on the don't do this side, some places where we do not want to place our confidence. For instance, uh 
if we place our confidence in and are wrong about that, then we're going to suffer. For instance, what about my own strength? Physically, probably a lot of us have had the experience of thinking, I can lift that, I can move that, I can handle that on my own, and we tried, and either we weren't able to achieve it, or maybe even worse, we injured ourselves trying to move something that our strength was not sufficient to handle. That happens. Uh, unfortunately, some have suffered some serious injuries over time by thinking that their own strength was great enough to move this object. The same thing can be true spiritually. If we think that our own strength is enough, and on the basis of our own spiritual strength we can handle things, we're just asking for trouble. In the text that Stephen read for us a few minutes ago from Jeremiah chapter 17, notice, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord, for he shall be like the heath in the desert. I think uh, Stephen's version said the shrub in the desert. And shall not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land, and not inhabited. Can you imagine a shrub in a desert? I'll tell you, the shrub in the desert is not going to prosper very well. It's a terribly harsh environment, and it may be there, but it's not going to prosper in that situation. Uh, a shrub in the desert is not going to do well. And what the prophet Jeremiah is saying here is that the man who trusts in strength of man, in his own strength or in the strength of other men, is not going to succeed. Failure is not just possible. Failure is guaranteed if we try to place our trust spiritually in men. So certainly we don't want to do that. But also we don't want to place our trust in our own wisdom. I don't know about you, but it seems to me that we live in, a, in pretty arrogant times. When people uh, think that they know so much, it's so very often demonstrated, and it's, it's always demonstrated to be false. People put a lot of confidence in their own wisdom, but they are wrong about that. People think they know so much, and it's especially true in religious matters. Recently... Uh, listening to a recorded sermon of a preacher from another place. And he started his sermon, and I thought it was the wrong way to start it. He started his sermon by saying, I'm going to share some things with you this morning that you've never thought of before. Uh, and I wait a minute. That's a, that's a pretty arrogant way to start, isn't it? I'm going to share something. How does he know I never thought of that before? Maybe I haven't, but maybe I have. Maybe you have. Maybe we all have. And you know, as, interestingly, as he went on to preach the sermon, I didn't see anything new there, you know. But he started in an arrogant way to say, I want to tell you something you never thought of before. Well, that's just putting your trust, I think, in human wisdom. To, to think that you have studied more thoroughly, that you have it figured out and nobody else ever figured that out, that, that's just not right. And I think that when we place our confidence in our own wisdom in that way, we're just setting ourselves up for failure. I, you know, I should not approach this by saying, I've studied this and I know you haven't. No, I don't know that you haven't. You may very well have studied it more than I have. If you've studied it, good for you. If I've studied it, good for me. We need to be studying the Word, but let's not assume that we have figured it all out and that our wisdom is greater than anybody else's. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, beginning, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. 
In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. We need to be careful about putting confidence in our own level of wisdom. We need to be careful about putting confidence in material prosperity. We certainly live in a very prosperous age. We talk about it so often. We live in, in the most prosperously blessed place in the history of human existence. There's nobody in the history of time, on average, who's lived as high as we live. Uh, we're more blessed than the people who are living in the world today. We have so much prosperity, and it's easy to put false confidence in our material prosperity, and we certainly need to be careful about that. In Proverbs chapter 11, verse 28, it says, He that trusteth in riches shall fall, but the righteous shall flourish as a branch. I find it so interesting that it was Solomon who said that. Solomon, very likely the richest man who ever lived in the, in the, ever in the history of the world. But Solomon said, if you put your trust in riches, you are going to fall. That's uh, an important lesson. Jesus said similarly in Mark chapter 10, verse 24. Mark 10, 24, Jesus answered again and said unto them, Children, how hard it is for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God. That's a, that's a scary warning. And we certainly need to be careful. Now, I want you to notice he didn't say that those who are rich will find it hard to get into heaven. He didn't, he didn't say that. He said those who trust in riches. You know, you could be a pretty poor person. But if you, if you trust in riches and that's your goal and that's your desire, if you trust in riches, you're making it hard for yourself to go to heaven. We need to be careful about trusting in material prosperity. And then, I think also, pretty obviously, we need to be careful about putting our trust in unfaithful and unstable men. There are a lot of false teachers out there. Uh, an awful lot of false teaching being done. Uh, if you turn on the radio or the TV, you're going, you, you can easily expose yourself to a lot of religious false teaching. And unfortunately, a lot of people put their confidence in those folks. Uh, they're pretty gullible. They don't check out what they're being taught. And they assume that anything they hear is true. Uh, that's a problem. We've got to be careful about putting confidence in such unfaithful men. But I would also warn, even a little closer to home, that we need to be careful about uh, even those of our own brethren who in recent years have been taking false positions on a number of important topics and we need to be careful. We, we ought not to assume that it is so because they said so. Uh, we have to be careful to, to always do as the Bereans did in Acts chapter 17, verse 11. Compare what we're taught to the Scriptures. In Proverbs chapter 25, verse 19, confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. Uh, and so... Uh, I don't know how many of us may have experienced a broken tooth, a very unpleasant experience, or a foot out of joint. You sprained your ankle. Those things are harmful and hurtful. And spiritually, if we put our trust in unfaithful, unstable men, uh, we're going to pay a price for that. So, maybe you can expand that list some. But there's a number of things I think that are, are false basis of, of confidence that a lot of people use. Our confidence instead, true confidence, needs to come from God. And not from my own strength, not from my own wisdom, not from my own prosperity, not in other men who may not be teaching truth, 
But my confidence needs to be in God. In Jeremiah 17, interesting, this is the same chapter that we read from earlier about the shrub in the desert. Notice what the next verses say. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is, for he shall be as a tree planted by the waters and that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Notice that. Contrast that to the verses just before. The shrub in the desert. And that shrub in the desert is not going to do well. That's such a harsh environment. That, that, that shrub is going to die. But the one, because, and that, and that was descriptive, by the way, of the one who trusted in man, trusted in himself, trusted in others. But the man who puts his trust in the Lord, what's he going to be like? Instead of a shrub in the desert, the man who puts his trust in the Lord is going to be like a tree planted by the waters. You know, as you go along, as you go along the rivers and the streams and the creeks where there's always water, you know, even in a drought year, you, you, in the middle of a drought year, those trees are going to do well because there's a there's a source of water right there. They're drawing strength from the water. Even when other plants are suffering because there is no rain and there is no moisture. Here, Jeremiah says, the man who puts his trust in the Lord is like a tree planted by the water. In Psalm chapter 4, verse 5, offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. That's what we all need to do. Uh, many things are temporary, temporal, shaking, changing, uncertain, unstable. But God is always one that is there, true, constant. We can put our full trust and confidence in Him. Of course, these things are going to be linked, but trusting in God means trusting in His Word. You know, we really don't know anything about God other than what He has chosen to reveal to us in His Word. In Romans chapter 1, verse 20, one of our membrane verses says, you, you can look at the things God has made, and you should know that there's a God just by looking at what He's made. In fact, if you can look at what God has made and not acknowledge that there is a God, Romans 1, verse 20 says, you're without excuse. So if I didn't have my Bible, take my Bible away. If I just went outside and looked at nature. If I went out at night and looked at the, at the stars of the universe. I should be able to say there, there must be some great power that made these things. But I don't know anything about that power, about that being who created things, except what He revealed to me in His Word. And so, if I want to put my confidence in God, I'm going to have to put my confidence in His Word, wherein He, he reveals Himself to me. The specifics about God are found in His inspired Word. In Psalm 119, verse 42, So shall I have wherewith to answer him that reproacheth me, for I trust in thy word. The psalmist said, There may, may, may be some people who criticize me, who reproach me, but I, can, I have a basis to answer because my trust is in the word. And that's the way we ought to be. You know, people might challenge us and say, You know, you Christians, you, you, you're a very fanatical bunch of people. Very strange. Why don't you do what everybody else does? Why don't you live like people of the world live? As the psalmist says, I, I, I'm not afraid to answer. I, I have a basis to answer because my trust is in the Word of God. The Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 28. In Acts chapter 28, remember the book of Acts is drawing to an end. Paul is a prisoner in Rome awaiting his trial before Caesar. 
It says, Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came in unto him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice, with all confidence, no man forbidding him. Here's Paul, whose circumstances were that he had been unjustly, illegally arrested and held. He, he, he's been held now for years, and really no formal charges ever placed against him. He's still awaiting his trial before Caesar. What's he doing? Is he moping down the dumps, very discouraged and downhearted? No, he's still busy preaching and teaching the Word with all confidence. When we trust in God and trust in His Word, we can do similarly. I'm not, I'm not saying any of us are like the Apostle Paul who have that, that degree of faith, uh, uh, but that ought to be our goal, uh, that even in the face of very hard times, we have confidence in God and in His Word. We need to have confidence in prayer. Prayer is a powerful tool. Prayer works. As Christians, we ought to be very careful not to take prayer for granted. And we ought to be careful to, to not, about not using it effectively. We, we should see it as the, as the great blessing that it is. We should be thankful for it and use it uh, in the ways that God has made available to us. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. There's our word that we're talking about this morning, our confidence. This is the confidence that we have, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. That's a great thing, a tremendous blessing for those who are Christians. Do you think about that? And then if you do, do you use that powerful tool of prayer uh, as God has designed it for us? Now, one of our recent memory verses tells us that this blessing is not for everybody, but it's for those who, who are serving the Lord faithfully. The eyes of the Lord, 1 Peter 3, verse 12, the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and His ears are open unto their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. So... Uh, you have no basis for confidence in prayer if you're not faithfully serving God. But for those who are, this is a tremendous basis of confidence. Can you imagine that the God of the universe, the one who created everything, has promised that He will hear what you say to Him, that He will receive your petitions, that He will respond to your prayers. That's an amazing... That, that should be really confident. You know, if you were in a threatening situation, but there's this strong guy standing beside you, Maybe a strong guy with a big gun standing beside you. And, and as, 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 I'm not afraid of any threat. i got this big guy standing here and he's got a gun. No, nobody can hurt me because i got this strong guy standing beside me. If you can picture that scenario, think about God. God is standing beside you. If you're a faithful servant of God, He is standing there as your support and strength. And that is surely uh, a great source of confidence. We can pray to God and He will respond. So, trusting God, His Word, and prayer. And then, finally, let me suggest to you that we can have confidence from our relationship with God's righteous servants. Now, we said earlier up here, don't put your confidence in unfaithful, unstable men. Now, that's, that, of course, is failure. But in contrast to that, we can put our confidence in God's righteous servants. They're good and faithful brethren that we have, that we know, that we are blessed to associate with. They are serious, dedicated students of the Word. 
their lives, their examples stand the test of time. They are righteous servants of God and we can have great confidence in them. These are the kind of people who are not, as Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 14, tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. Unfortunately, there are Christians like that. They just, they just toss to and fro with it. I mean, just like, something in the waves, just going this way and that, and there's no stability in them. They're tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. But not these righteous servants of God that we're talking about. Uh, they're faithful. They're dedicated. They're constant. And they are true. And we can have confidence in them. In Second Corinthians chapter 1, beginning verse 13, Paul said, For we write none other things unto you than what you read and acknowledge. And I trust you shall acknowledge even to the end and... In this confidence, I was minded to come to you. Paul had confidence in these brethren that they would accept the truth and do the right thing. Now, remember, this second Corinthian letter was a follow-up to the first Corinthian letter where he had to rebuke them sternly for a lot of things that were going on wrong at Corinth. But by the time he wrote this second Corinthian letter, things had improved there, and he spoke of his confidence in those brethren. Paul had confidence in his brethren. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 10, I have confidence in you through the Lord that you will be none otherwise minded. Paul had confidence in his brother. Did that mean everything was perfect? No. There was there were plenty of problems to deal with. But Paul knew faithful, sound brethren in whom he had great confidence. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 17, Paul said, Brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk so as you have us for an example. From this, I think we could say it is appropriate to look to the example of faithful brethren. Not just the faithful brethren that we read about in the Bible, but faithful brethren in our own experience. People that we know, people that we have relationship with. Um, we can have confidence in God's faithful people. This is, uh, this is not confidence in the, uh, in the idea of this is what I've always believed, this is the way I've always done it. Uh, uh, this is confidence in faithful men. But on the other hand, I, I, I just want to make this point. There are faithful brethren, the kind of which Paul is describing there. We should place confidence in such people. I'm concerned about an approach that I, that I personally see more evidence of, uh, especially, unfortunately, from some young, younger Christians who, when they come to a subject... They, they approach the subject almost with the attitude, if this is what's always been believed and done, it's probably wrong. We should, we should throw it out. I think the way we should come to these things is that we've got faithful brethren. And there's there's, there's a, an army of faithful men who've preceded us. and They've studied these subjects and they've, they've dedicated themselves to knowing what God has said. So when we come to a subject, I don't think we should approach it by saying, all those who've gone before us are probably wrong. I think we should approach the study by saying, all those who've gone before us were probably right. Now, I want to study it myself and make sure I understand it. They could be wrong. I acknowledge they could be wrong. But there's a strong likelihood that those who've gone before, who've studied these things so thoroughly and diligently, they're probably right in their conclusions. I want to confirm that in my own mind. That's my, my duty is to confirm that in my own mind. But I have confidence in those who've gone before in their study and diligence. And, and I can have confidence in them. And that's what Paul is saying here. Be followers together me. Mark them which walk so as you have us for an example. So uh, 
we, we can put our confidence in God's righteous servants, both past and present. Confidence. We've got to have confidence. And we, we really can't move forward. We can't do anything if we don't put confidence in various things. Uh, it's necessary in, in our day-to-day life to put confidence in things. It's necessary for us to have true confidence in proper things spiritually. And those would be God, His Word, our privilege of praying to Him, and our faithful brethren. You may expand that list too. There may be other things that you can add to that list. But we have some real basis for confidence. We're not out here just in a fog with uncertainty all around us. We can have true and comforting confidence in a number of important things. Thanks for your good attention to what we've had to say. We're going to sing a song of invitation. And as we sing this, we'll be encouraging one and all, think about your life, your relationship with God. If you're not a Christian yet, you need to become one. Everything else is uncertain, changing, won't last. Serving God will endure through eternity. Put your life right with God. Obey that simple gospel plan of salvation. Hearing the truth, believe it. Repent of your sins. Confess your faith in Jesus. Be baptized for the remission of sins. If we can help you in that, we want to do so. If you need more study, say so, and we'll be glad to study with you. If you're a Christian already, but you've not been faithful to him, then you have no true basis for confidence. If your life's not right with God, if you're a Christian who's fallen away, we beg you to come back in repentance, confession, and prayer. If we can help, let us know while we stand and sing this song. Glory.